there are things that are fundamental for a man to feel the way he needs to feel to stay in a relationship. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Well, I have a guest today, and we are pretty much going to get right into it, because we've talked a lot about this year. We're now in September of 2020, and we're hoping that uh, this leg of the year, kind of the last uh, quarter, so to speak, is going to be a better one for us all. And um, I hope it is working out to be better for you and your dating and relationship life, which has been a challenge over this past year if you are just dating. And we want it to be better, and that's what we're here to talk about. And my guest today is 48-year-old Susie, who has recently gone through a difficult breakup with a younger man. And she wants to know how to let go. Susie is also wondering about the best ways to approach dating at her age and wants to discuss recovering emotionally and gaining confidence while doing so. So welcome, Susie. Thank you. I'm glad to have you on today with this topic. Breakups are always difficult and I have questions around yours. And we can start off by asking, when was this breakup for you? This breakup happened the end of May. Mm. So we were, mm-hmm. were we in the thick, I'm going to ask, wherever you were uh, in the world or and or are in the world, but were in the world at uh, that time in May, was it a lockdown with COVID? What was that like? Yes, we were um, going through the pandemic um, lockdown, lockdown here locally. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how long had you two dated? We had dated at that time. We had been living together a little over a year and a half and engaged about seven months. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, that's really tough. So it was actually not just a breakup, but a break off of engagement and a moving apart? Yes. Wow. Well, I'm really sorry uh, to hear that. So there is a lot here. I always like to start at the beginning. And Mm -hmm. if we can do that, that's really helpful to to hear for me and for our listeners to know. Um, So tell us, uh, how did you meet? 
we met on a dating app, app dating application online dating online that's how we met mm-hmm. and you say he's uh, quite a quite a bit younger he is um, actually 16 years older than he is and I had actually just been out of another relationship a few months before we met just because I had taken some time away just to find myself again before I wanted to pursue another relationship. Which is a great idea. So meeting online is a very interesting thing. It's the way people are meeting today. It's the way men are meeting most definitely. And tell us about you know the introduction what you did that first meeting the first dates and how it ended up that you started living together we met we met online the end of march and we just the only form of communication from the end of march till may was just via text message a very seldom phone call here and there but everything was just um, messages. Um, and we finally had our first date in late May, and that actually I, I had learned from my previous relationship. I was like, I don't want anything to be too intimate. I want something casual. So we decided to go to an aquarium, just something really casual, kind of get to know each other, not too um, – I, I didn't want to get too serious too soon. And so we did the aquarium, then we went to go have dinner, and then I, we went our separate ways. I went home, he went home. We didn't see each other again for maybe another week. Um, still no phone calls, still everything via text messages. Um, and then I started spending a little more time with him. During the week, we would go out and have dinner. Still, at this point, we had not become intimate. We didn't do that until maybe a month after we met, because I wanted to take things slow when I still think I probably should have waited a little bit longer. But at that time, that's how I felt comfortable at a month. And he started expressing how much he really loved me at this time. And I kind of thought it was like, wow, that's kind of too soon. But okay, I'm open to it. Um, My lease was up at my apartment by the end of June or mid-June. And so I started looking for an apartment. He kind of threw the idea of maybe we should live together. I kind of like, no, that's kind of too soon. He brought it up again in August, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? He's an adult. I'm an adult. Why not? And by mid-August, we were living together. Was that in 2018? Um, that was in 2019? 2018. 2018. Got it. So in 2018, in August, you began living together, and at this point, you had known each other since... Mm, ostensibly May of 2018. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct. Roughly about three months, maybe the most. And then how was that next seven months or so or eight months? We very seldom argued. Um, I'm very laid back and I try to pick my battles and not, there's just not a lot that really gets to me. He's younger, so he was a little more vocal, but um, I wouldn't let anything get out of hand. And anything that we want, it really wasn't that difficult for us to kind of mesh our lives together because 
I guess me being older, I kind of took the lead in the relationship in the sense of any miscommunication or any misunderstanding. We would sit down and we would talk. And, and we would be okay. We'd move forward. It wasn't a challenge living together because we kind of, we, we just kind of like really meshed really well together. And, and it was just really awkward for me at first that we just really weren't arguing about anything. Okay. So I'm curious as to, given the age difference, mm-hmm. what your discussions around before moving in, around long term and children, all manner of the issues that come up around an age difference. What were your discussions like? We discussed because I can no longer have any children, so we did discuss that. I have an, a, my child is older, over the age of 18. His is younger, younger than the age of 10. Um, so we discussed that we were no longer going to have any children. He was okay with that. He um, had a child already, so he was cool. He already had a child. Mm-hmm. He it. was okay with that. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... You're now living together in August, and things are going well, and the months go Mm -hmm. by. When was it that he proposed? He proposed a year later in October. Hmm. Okay. And and at first, when he did mention about, you know, maybe we should get married, I was like, you know what, think about it. That's a lifelong commitment. I need you to make sure you're okay with that. And the reason I kept stating that to him was because I'm very aware of the age difference. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm 16 years older than him. By the time he's 40, I'm going to be close to 60. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure if this is who he wants to end up with. Um, And he would be like, no, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. He went, bought a ring, proposed at home. I was happy as I could be. He was too. Okay. And... (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. what and happened? Well, then I guess because we were engaged, um, I guess he felt a little more comfortable just verbalizing that, okay, you know, I feel like mm, he would say, I, we need to talk. And his approach was not always the best, and the verbiage that he would use when we would sit down to talk was not the best. So I would feel attacked um, the first complaint that he had was, you know, I don't think you're too affectionate or loving enough. At this point, we had already been living together a year. And to me, that's just a basic need in a relationship. So I voiced to him that, you know, everybody has their own different style of demonstrating their love to others. And maybe I don't show it in expressing and being an affectionate, but I do, I do show it in cooking for him, cleaning for him, and just catering to him as far as me taking care of him. I did mention to him that maybe we were not the best fit because if I felt like if I wasn't giving him that attention and affection that he needed, I felt that he would go outside of a relationship and look for it because I was not fulfilling that for him. So this went on and you guys had these um, differences in your styles of loving, so to speak. Correct. He, at that time, once we had that discussion, 
he said he was okay. But still in the back of my head, I was like, well, if he's telling me I'm not doing this or that, how do I know she's not looking for it somewhere else? So that doubt was already in my mind. But I pushed it aside and we kept moving forward. Mm-hmm. But, then I, but then I noticed that these discussions kept coming up more often. And by the second discussion, I was not receptive to it anymore. So my reaction was very hostile towards him mm. because I felt, I felt like he was nitpicking now. And, you know, and at one point I even stated to him, you know, I could have a whole list of flaws too as well, but I won't do that because I love you unconditionally and I'm accepting you for who you are. But I felt like, and I told him and I expressed this to him, like I feel like you're always just pinpointing of my shortcomings. And I remember one time during our discussion, I even asked him and said, is there anything good about me? Because everything that I'm hearing from you is negative. And so after that discussion, he stopped approaching me. So one of the reasons he stated when he decided to break off our our relationship was he felt that I was not approachable Mm -hmm. and that he would have to walk on eggshells and... That was my lack of communication on my part mm-hmm. that, that broke our, our relationship. So how did it actually come about that he left? Um, another, another issue that we had was um, his son. Um, I felt like he kept shifting that responsibility onto me. and. I had, I've already raised my child. We never discussed that, yes, I am going to take care of your child while he's in our home. But I didn't feel it was my responsibility when that child was with us his weekend that if I go anywhere and the child wants to come with me, I don't mind taking him with me. But the child was not the best behaved child. And I got tired of the child's mother calling my ex fiance during the week asking him for help because she couldn't control the child. So I never wanted to risk that happening to me while that child was with me. So I will, I will accept responsibility and state that on certain occasions when the child would want to go with me, I would say no and say, I'll be right back. Let me just go through this real quick. Because I didn't want to risk that child misbehaving with me mm-hmm. because I kept thinking to myself, well, if his own mother can't, you know, have, get him to behave with her, who am I? So that was another issue that he brought up, stating that he was noticing that I wasn't interacting with his child when his child was there on the weekends. And, and my response to that was, you know, he's here to be with you, not with me. So that was the other reason he gave me for the breakup. Got it. And so when he broke up, go ahead. And so it came about that he left and broke it off in May of 2020. In May. Mm -hmm. Correct. He actually had gone, uh, he had an opportunity to be off of work for a whole month. And so he, we had the discussion on a Wednesday that he could no longer stay in the relationship. He no longer wanted to be in the relationship and that he wanted me to move out. 
So by that Friday, I had already arranged to move in with my sister and come back that Sunday with the U-Haul to move all my belongings out. I see. So I left Friday. I left Friday. I called them on Saturday evening and said, I'm just letting you know I'm coming by tomorrow with the U-Haul. Uh, let me know what time is convenient for you. And at that point is when he mentioned that he was actually going to go out of town. He was going to be gone for two weeks. He stated, hold off. He says, hold off on the U-Haul, and we'll talk about it when I get back. Oh, okay. So So I I moved back. Yeah. So he gave me that sense of hope. So um, he actually didn't end up leaving for two weeks. He ended up being out there for a whole month. I see. So what happened when he came back? Um, Well, during the time he was gone, I did reach out to him once. Because I'm like, I'm still living in your home. What's going on? I need to know. I need direction from you. I need to know what's going to happen. Do I stay? Do I go? He's like, I don't want to talk about it right now. We'll talk about it when I get back. A month later, he comes home. And I'm like, hey, are we going to talk about this? He's like, "Um, I didn't want to come home because I didn't want to deal with this. I said, unfortunately, this is where we're at. And we have to be adults and we have to deal, deal with it. So we sat down and we talked about it. Um, he stated, okay, we'll go ahead and give it another try and see what happens. I was like, okay. I said, things have to be different now. That old relationship that we had before did not function, so now we have to do everything different. He agreed to it. That lasted a week, and then he came back, and he stated that he had not changed his mind and that he would prefer for me to move out. And then what happened? Um, So I did move out. Um, So I actually stayed there two weeks, and then within two weeks, I did find an apartment. And during those two weeks, I did, we did have a lot of sit-down conversations because I couldn't fully understand why the relationship was ending. And now I look back and and I know that that was me attempting to find closure, which no matter what reason he would have given me, it would have never been sufficient for me. And so um, I found my apartment. He actually helped me move into the apartment. He actually helped me set up everything in the apartment. And um, he stated, you know, this is for the best. Um, Nothing's going to change between us. The only thing that's going to change is our address. Okay. Two months later, fast forward to two months later, we're still broken up and nothing has changed. He has not made any effort to make things better between us. I have made the mistake of reaching out to him mm-hmm. just to see where, where is this going because I'm still holding on to this sense of hope that things are going to get better. And he just keeps telling me, you know what, I need time to heal. I need my own time. I need my own space. I need time alone. Okay, I'll back off for about a week. Then I'll reach out. Hey, how are you doing? You know, how is the healing process going? Oh, I'm, it's going well. I'm okay, but I still need more time. And he's been doing this now since I moved out in July. And we're now in September. And no effort on his part for us to move forward. And what is it that you want now? I want to let go. And I just want to move on. But it's been hard emotionally for you. Very. Yes. 
I took this very person. The the breakup. I, um, I I took it very personal because I kept thinking to myself was that I just must be such a terrible person that he just chose to be alone instead of with me. Mm. I'm really sorry that, that you feel that way because I can tell you from what I know about men that that's almost assuredly not the case. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing what I believe to be the issues here that have nothing to do with you being a good person or not. And it's not about that. (laughs) It's about some fundamentals that with both your good intentions were actually missing. (laughs) And that there is a shot here of getting things back in one way mm-hmm. and with one thing changing mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you what that is when we come back and we're going to talk through it could you or someone you know benefit from talking one-on-one with coach Paula consider sharing your story as a guest on the show go to realcoachingconversations.com and fill out the brief application. There are things that are fundamental for a man to feel the way he needs to feel to stay in a relationship. And what I'm hearing, Susie, is that Chris really loved you a lot. And especially, you know, in the beginning, things were really great. And they were great for quite a while. And he was happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know this because he proposed. Correct. Yeah. And that just would not have happened, especially living together, had he not mm-hmm. been very happy. Correct. So it's important to recognize a few things when things changed. And you had mentioned about suddenly he came to you or seemingly out of the blue, he came to you about things uh, that he felt he was not getting, which is Mm -hmm. the emotional... um, feeling from you or the what did he say specifically about that he stated that he felt like I was not affectionate enough and is that really um, euphemism for there was not enough sex or he was not getting the sex that he wanted that could be it so it wasn't really stated he really just said affectionate enough Correct. What do you really believe it is or was now looking back and hindsight being 2020? 
looking back now, I can see that I was so preoccupied with making sure that our home was clean, that I cooked dinner for him every day when I got home, um, that I was always so busy doing that. And all he ever wanted, I do remember, he would sit down and watch TV. And he's like, come sit down with me. And I'm like, I can't because I got to wash dishes. Then I got to do laundry. Then I got to sweep. And mm. I, I always had, I always was doing something. I see. Okay. So you know that he was missing something for him that was fundamental. Mm-hmm. So that's something yeah. that can be fixed, right? Because looking back, you would do that a little differently, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So nothing, see, major here that I'm hearing Mm -hmm. because you recognize it and you would do it differently Mm -hmm. now. But here's the rub. One thing I did hear a lot is that you guys were talking a lot you were verbalizing Correct. everything in the relationship and talking Correct. a lot. And if you've read my book, you know that I talk about one of my fundamentals, which is women relate via verbalization. Men relate via action. Correct. And when we talk about a relationship a lot, it actually talks a man into, in his mind, when you're having these discussions and the feelings during the discussion and afterwards, he talks himself into not having feelings for you. Yep, I I agree with that because I believe um, the last week and a half that I was there prior to me moving out, and he did state this. He did share this with me that every day after work, we will, I would like, I would ask him, can you please come here and sit down? And we would talk about the relationship. Now that I look back at it, I should have left it alone and then just moved out without even talking about it because I, now I feel like I was beating a dead horse. Mm-hmm. And prior to it, even when after you got engaged, The work that needs to be done, and I can go out on the limb and say this, in most relationships, when the man is showing his love and commitment, like Chris did, meaning he knows who you are after a year of living with you, he's so committed that he asked you to marry him. That's huge. Right? It is. Sure, huge. He loved you that much. That the work that needed to be done, if you were basically happy with the relationship, which it sounds like you were, is with you. It's usually not about the man, and here's why. Because we are the mechanics of a relationship, and the mechanic of our particular relationship car with that particular man. And we keep the relationship running, oiled, uh, ready to go, and in good running order. 
And it's what we do, not what we talk about. Okay. So there is a shot here for you to get back together should that love still be strong. It sounds like it's something you would like. Am I right about that? I do want that, and and I just spoke to him. Actually, like I said, I've been making the mistake of reaching out to him. Yes. I did talk to him this past week, actually on Monday, and I I just I just kind of like check in to see how his healing process is coming along, and what he really is, you know, where his head is, where his heart is at. He did state that um, he's gotten to the point where he's um, happy to be alone, and if this does not work out, he would be okay with it. Yes, because what you're doing is a huge mistake. Yes. It's more discussion. Mm -hmm. It's more attempting to relate to him via verbalization. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense, right? It is something Mm -hmm. to us that is natural Mm -hmm. and feels like we are connecting but because mm-hmm. men are yeah. the opposite of us, yeah. it yeah. makes him feel disconnected. Yeah, I'm learning that um, by me push, by me reaching out to him, I'm actually pushing him away. But in my mind, I felt like I have to make my presence known because if I don't, he's going to forget about me and he's going to move on. Okay. I I love that you said that because I'm going to say something that you really must get if you want to have any chance with him. Mm -hmm. Men love through wondering. When you say, I need to make my presence known, Mm -hmm. it's actually that he knows that you would be present should he want you to be is exactly why he is not interested in pursuing anything. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So this is why I say the work is always with us. Because if Mm -hmm. you turn this around, you Mm -hmm. and only you, without him, this can have a shot. Because the love was there. The Mm -hmm. profound enough love that he was a buyer for you. And even with all the talks, all the metaphoric ways Mm -hmm. of taking him out and putting him under a relationship car to fix that he knows nothing about, Right. He was still on board. Yeah. Right? Correct. And here's what happens. And why I use my mechanics of men in my work with women is because the metaphor is so profound. If you two uh, have this relationship and it is in a metaphoric car, if he said to you, In order for our relationship car to work, I'm going to take you out under our real car and I'm going to teach you how to fix 
and put together a real car and you're going to be on that cold rolly thing on the cement floor and you're going to be looking up the, at the car and and feeling claustrophobic under the car and looking up at the engine and he is going to try to talk you through you knowing how to fix it you would want to do that in order for the relationship car to run correct you'd want to get it correct you would want to be able to fix it so you would try and you would try correct. and you would try and you would try just like he did by talking to you eventually because you just can't get it it's not who you are as a woman eventually you would push yourself out from underneath that car and stand up and say I just want a new car it's not going to work and that's what happened yep absolutely yep yep so when you said about changing with this strict diet so to speak that we would put you on with the approaches that work to set about is wondering and longing for you mm -hmm. this can happen through time and what I mean by that is that just what I said men love through wondering and longing and right now here's what he feels and this is going to be hard to hear but mm -hmm. you have to know it right mm -hmm. now he is in a state of complete relief he's relieved that it's over mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. however there is a, a little twinge of guilt about it because he knows how you feel mm -hmm right right and he did actually a week after I moved out he did send out a text message um, expressing that he um, he's sorry that he's putting us through this but yep he's also stated that he feels like he owes me something okay okay understood that's guilt right that's guilt mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's that's great that he has that in him we want are men to be normal and have normative guilt okay that's great mm -hmm. however we've got to relieve him of that because if you don't and he stays in his relief and guilt he can never feel for you what he needs to feel to ever consider going back with you okay okay because mm -hmm. that does not inspire a man's love at all right guilt Correct. never inspires a man he must want you desire you and feel free and easy again to be in control of his life his love what he wants yeah and I feel like I'm forcing myself back into his life every time I reach out to him yes and you are right mm -hmm. yes I am I yes. cannot make him change that that his he decided to end this relationship and that is his free will and I cannot change that for him 
Right, but it can change by you doing things that will feel actually uh, oxymoronic, for a better, mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Because you must do what feels mm, unnatural to you. Mm-hmm. You must not do so many things that will feel natural to you. Okay. And through this transformation, he can then go through the steps he needs to go through and the transitions he needs to go through. For example, he needs to go through now a period from relief and guilt into wonder and longing. And if you continue to reach out, to do what you're doing, to have discussions, mm-hmm. to for mm-hmm. him to know that you would go back, mm-hmm. you are prolonging this feeling of relief and guilt, and he can never get to the wondering and longing. Okay. And that takes work. It takes steps because it's it's a dance, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take you doing some things that will um, elicit initially his wondering. And it's, okay. it's step by step. And there's a lot okay. to it. And it's what I talk about in my Lore Him Back program. Okay. It takes intention. It takes transformation in us to understand Mm -hmm. what we're doing with intention that has the best chance of working. Because if you continue down this road, it won't. It won't. No more talking to him. There's not going to be any change in him if things don't change for you. Because he's relying, right, in terms of if we look at this from a macro level. If you're the mechanic of the relationship car, which you are as the woman, you're continually doing something that doesn't work. Right. The relationship car is never going to run. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to go and get another car. True. But if you get get high level mechanics, so to speak, and the car starts working despite himself, <laughs> mm-hmm. again, and I'm hearing that mm-hmm. there is a potential for that. If you really commit to doing the steps and making the tough changes to do what works and mostly to not do what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And in weekly working on it, you really come out with the knowledge and the transformation personally that allows it to develop if there is a chance of that. And I'm, I'm really hearing that there is. 
but you really have to nip so much in the bud right now and stop because he won't be able to transition out of what he's feeling right now. It will just get right. more and more entrenched in him and his interest will go elsewhere. Correct. I, I, I fully understand that. I, I don't know if it's just my fear that I can't control the outcome or that I want to control the outcome, mm-hmm. which is my reasoning. That's my logic behind, well, let me just call him and see how he's doing, or let me just text him. And mm-hmm. he does reply, and he does answer the phone. Sure. But I want him, I, but I want him to do it because, not because I'm calling but I want him to also want to feel that he wants to reach out to me. And I have not allowed him to do that because mm-hmm. I'm, I've been so predictable that he yes. knows I'm going to call. Yes. And he knows that if a week goes by, he's going to call. Two weeks That's go right. by, she's going to call. He, yes. he already knows this. You're not making him wonder at all. I can't make him miss me because I'm always there. That's right. That's right. And there has to be a change here. And that's what I help each woman in her unique situation change and make a plan. Because when you have a plan whereby you know, okay, this week all I must do is this. Mm -hmm. And then you get to talk through your feelings about it and ask Mm -hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, we make the second step, right? And the second plan. And inch okay. by inch to move him up the scale mm-hmm. and allow him to have that wonder. But most importantly, move through what he's feeling right now, which is mm-hmm. relief coupled with guilt. And the reason he answers mm-hmm. the phone and puts himself through the uncomfortable feelings you're making happen in him by the, mm-hmm. the, the call. Mm-hmm. That even asking him how he's doing, all of that, it's very uncomfortable for him. True. That keeps him in that state of guilt yeah. and of knowing that his decision was right. Correct. It reaffirms that, yep. Mm-hmm. It reaffirms it. You got it. Mm-hmm. That yes, his decision was right. Was the right one. She was the right one. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And we've got to mm-hmm. now move him through time and up the scale towards questioning his decision. Mm-hmm. That's got to be next. Okay. And there is... For women, one of the greatest things is that when the love is there like it was, and we know that by him becoming a buyer for you and pulling the trigger and asking you to marry him. So we know Mm -hmm. that, okay? Mm -hmm. And even in some other cases where that isn't the case, this works like a charm. It's a game changer. It changes everything. When we change everything changes. Okay. And you can do this because you have the intellectual knowledge of 
your approach not being the right one, right? Absolutely. I, yes. I have yeah. responsibility for my lack of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the knowledge, but here's the, here's the thing. Knowledge in and of itself doesn't help because you've got your emotions involved. Yes. My heart tells me one, to do one thing when my mind knows better. Yes. And it's, you're continually wrestling with yourself, right? Like, yes. oh, I know I shouldn't reach out, but maybe if I it's just do constant, and then you can't keep yourself, right, from doing it's it. It's a constant internal battle. Yes. And I've gone to the extreme of deleting his number from my phone. Uh-huh. I, did write, I did write it down. However, I leave it at work. Mm-hmm. So I won't, be, I won't be tempted to do it when I'm home and I'm alone. And my emotions take over. Right. In my program, I have a way, however, that you actually start the clock ticking with one simple action that allows you to start that clock. The action Mm -hmm. of something that is different in what you've been doing and is loving. Because Mm -hmm. here's what what I'm hearing. He, he loved you and you were together for a year prior to him um, proposing. Mm-hmm. It suddenly, um, it, something is, you know, he wanted you, the simple things of just being with him while he was watching TV rather than cleaning or what have you. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it's a, it's, a pretty simple uh, uh, fix in the relationship as well as this fix of having him feel what he needs to feel in order for him to go back. You've got to reset everything first in order to restart it. And this is a period for you now of completely resetting everything. Okay. That has to be first. You cannot move just from where you are now to going back. He's not in any state for that to occur. Correct. All that has got to be reset, and that love and desire on his part has got to be then after that restarted. But you can do that. And you have a good shot at doing it. And I'm hearing you guys are a good match. In other words, despite the age difference, you both don't want to have more children. Mm -hmm. Um, You were getting along well and happy for that year. Right. Right? Yes. Yes. So it's possible. Yeah, Yeah, like I said, we very seldom had any disagreements or miscommunication. It was just the last month or so that um, that triggered um, the the falling apart. Um, you know, one of the uh, during the time that we were together, living together, the end of March, early part of April, I lost two grandmothers back to back, and that triggered a lot of old feelings of when I lost my father four years ago. I'm so I I would just go home, crawl into bed. And I didn't want to interact with anybody. Mm. So during that time frame, he decided to bring his son to stay with us for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So 
in my mind, I thought, well, you know, he has a son. He can spend time with the son. I can deal with my grief on my own. So I wouldn't sit down and have dinner with him. No, I wouldn't interact with him. Oh. I wouldn't interact with him or his son. Mm-hmm. And, during, and during that two weeks, his son asked him if I liked him. Oh. Uh-huh. So I asked when he approached me with it. It hurt me. It hurt him. Mm-hmm. But I asked him if he had used that as a teaching moment to explain to his son that this is how people feel when they lose a loved one. Mm-hmm. He says, I did, I did explain that to him. But he says, but that really hurt me that my only son would ask me if you like him because you don't interact with him at all. Mm-hmm. I said, I understand that, but that was not me at that time. That was not me. I said, but at the same time, if you're noticing, if he's noticing and he's that young and he's noticing a change in me, you never once either approach me and say, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Because I've been noticing every day you just come straight to the room and you don't interact, you don't interact with either one of us. And that is one of the things that is um, going to need to be tweaked, not in that you won't be going through things in a marriage, because you will, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. You will. But the way it's discussed and approached, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it was too much uh, altogether Mm -hmm. of the discussions... And, yes, and, and I did tell him that at that time when we were just having that discussion, I told him, you don't understand. I said, this is not the right time for us to have this discussion because I'm going to have a lot of emotional village from everything else that I'm dealing with. I said, this is not going to end well. I told him this is not going to end well because I'm going based on my emotions from losing both of my grandmothers. I said, so this is not good. So that discussion turned into something bigger, and it hurt, and we hurt each other deeper than what we should have. This is true. However, the discussion in that way is, in and of itself, is what actually hurts a relationship, believe it or not, even though it's completely rational. And mm-hmm. completely, it's more, honey, I love you. I wish I could talk about this now. I, we need to table it. Mm-hmm. And just know that, you know, I care and I'm going to get through this. And mm-hmm. I'm going to make it up to you and your son. And, and that's, that's where I, I failed to do that. I, I failed to do that. Because all I did was shut down. Right. Never did I explain to him at any point, this is why I'm sad. But that was my fault. And it wouldn't wouldn't have mattered. Verbalizing it. It would not have mattered because, again, it's not about verbalizing it. This is what Mm -hmm. is really the crux and the turning it around for most every woman that I work with. It is Mm -hmm. not relating via verbalization it is our see you are a great communicator you put things together really well and you're exceedingly clear you're just great at it most women are 
However, it's not how a man needs to be related to most. And that's what we work on heavily mm-hmm. in the program to okay. turn that around for you. Because if you get that, there's no question that you can succeed. You succeeded okay. even with your heavy verbalization, you see? Mm-hmm. So it's not that big of a tweak. But it okay. is, even in its uh, smallness, it's vital okay. to make those small tweaks. So we can okay. certainly talk about that, and we can do that off the air. But I okay. do want you to know that there's hope. And for anyone who is going through a similar situation, there is hope when we as the mechanic of men and the mechanic of a relationship turn it around and get a relationship car back on the road and running in the right direction. And so anyone with this situation reach out to me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. You can contact me by wanting to be a guest on the podcast and talk about your unique situation. Realcoachingconversations.com. You can connect with me and my assistant at coachpolygrooms.com. And we will do our best to help you and get you started on the right path to recovering a relationship in the best possible way to success. So, Susie, I thank you so much for doing this today. And, and I, I really feel confident that you can turn this around. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be talking in the meantime for everyone. One of the things we talked about today and that's so significant is to remember always that for the best success with men, you have to make him wonder. Looking to lure back an ex-love? Let Coach Paula help you get back together with a man you realize might be the one for you. Make the next time around a charm with complete commitment. Connect with Coach Paula Grooms on Instagram, Facebook, or at CoachPaulaGrooms.com. Thank you for listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at makehimwonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.